God, thank you for this chance to to get together and to just um, dig into your word tonight as we see what it means to be a friend who's who's there for uh, those in our lives who are, who are alone or feel like they're alone, God. May we just see um, stories from the Bible that we're going to get tonight uh, of what it means to be a good friend and what it means to be there for somebody who's hurting. God, may we in turn be that for somebody else. We pray for... Um, now tonight, as the adults are praying for a uh, situation in Ukraine, God, we, we join in with them in prayer for um, the people of Ukraine and, and, and Russia as well. God, the things that are happening, God, we pray for peace, pray for supernatural um, things just to happen and be put into place by you, God, to, um, to just stop all that's happening over there, God. We just trust in you um, for those things, God. Pray for tonight. May we just dig into your word and may we... Um, Leave here, maybe just challenged and changed by, by your word. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so again, it's week two of our series with you. Uh, in this series, we're talking about what to do when our friends are experiencing something difficult. If you were here, if you weren't here two weeks ago, or if you forgot, because it was two weeks ago and you probably forgot what we learned on Sunday morning, um, uh, we, we uh, looked at Job and his three friends that were here. And how they started out maybe not so bad because they, they showed up for Job, but they probably should have kept their mouth shut, right? Because they, stuff they said probably wasn't the best. Um, they should just listen in, in that moment. But sometimes going solo in life, how many of you guys like to be alone sometimes? Okay. Because you know, going solo in life, it's, it, it can make life easy. It can make life uncomplicated, you know. Because let me ask you this, how many of you guys just love to do group projects at school? Don't lie to me, everybody's lying. Group projects, because because if, if, you, if you like to do group projects, you know what that tells me? That tells me that you're the person who doesn't do any work, and then the rest of your team has to do it. Okay, that's, that's what you're telling me if you like to do group projects, okay? Well, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes the teacher's like, you're pairing up. Let's, no, no, no. All right, so you know, so going solo in life is not always. It's sometimes just nice and easy and uncomplicated because you don't have to worry about what other people are doing or anybody, anybody else or their issues. But of course, going solo isn't always the best option, you know, because we all want, we all need friends who know us, um, who like us, and are who are there for us, especially when we're facing a challenge and difficulties in life. Because the truth is, we were. We're all built for community. I don't care what you say. We are all built to be in a part of community. Whether you have a ton of friends or maybe just one or two very close friends, uh, we all know what it's like to feel lonely. And there are a lot of reasons why somebody might feel lonely. And some of us feel lonely maybe more often than other people. Sometimes p- people feel lonely it's because maybe they're, they're fighting with their friends. Or maybe they're, they're new to a school. They haven't made any friends yet. Uh, maybe they're not getting noticed or invited to things. Maybe they're feeling misunderstood by people. Maybe they feel like everybody's laughing at them or excluding them. Uh, maybe they're experiencing anxiety or depression. Maybe they're dealing with the consequences of a, a, a damaged reputation. Uh, struggling with a loss or a challenge that nobody knows about what's happening to them or how they can relate to those kind of people. But sometimes people feel lonely and they're not even sure why 
they feel lonely. There might be people in this room right now surrounded by people and friends who still feel lonely. So how about you? Have you ever felt lonely? Has anyone ever felt lonely ever? Maybe at times. Maybe it was just for a moment, maybe you felt alone. Two weeks ago we started this conversation about putting ourselves in the shoes of other people so maybe we can begin to better understand what they're going through. Why? Because as followers of Jesus, when somebody's having a hard time, we need to figure out how to be there for them. And loneliness is something that a lot of people are feeling. So how, as Christians, can we be there for our friends who are, who are feeling this? So as we talk today, think about the people in your school, uh, your neighborhood, or even the student ministry. Because if we want to be people who love God by loving other people well, we've got to figure out how to love others when they're feeling alone. That's what we're called, one of the things we're called to do. So in the Bible, there's a book about two women named Ruth and Naomi. So if you have a Bible, turn over to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. I'm going to sum up the first uh, few verses here. Long ago in the nation of of Judah, <clears throat> I'm going to put this up there for you guys can see. The nation of Judah, you see that on the bottom part, right, right there, Judah. nation of Judah, there's this town called Bethlehem. Who do we know that was born in Bethlehem? Jesus, okay? So there in Bethlehem, you kind of see, so you have the Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, the Dead Sea, there's Jerusalem and Bethlehem, okay? So you have, in the city of Bethlehem, it's kind of up on a hill, uh, there was a, a, a famine in this town, in this area. So to, to survive the famine, <clears throat> a man named Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, went to live for a while in the country of Moab, all right, over here. So they left Bethlehem, traveled probably this way. There's a little road that goes this way, probably down towards Jericho, around the, uh, the Dead Sea, down to Moab. So it's probably maybe 50 miles. But when they arrived in, in Moab, um, Elimelech died, which was the, the husband of uh, Naomi, so left her a widow. So this travel would probably have been more likely on foot, possibly an animal, but more than likely on foot. <clears throat> Over, this, is, this is a picture I took um, of the Dead Sea. Uh, this, is what, this is where they would have walked. Like, it looked like this. It's not pretty. So imagine this was a time of famine, so it may not even look this pretty. And so we can imagine by the time they got over there that, yeah, there's a good chance of reason why this guy may have died. He may have been a little bit older or whatever. Or that he, by the time they got to Moab, he died. And so in time, while they got to Moab, Naomi's two sons married Moabite women uh, named Orpah and Ruth. But then both Malon and Kilion died. So now Naomi has lost both or her husband and both of her, ki- her sons, okay? That's, you can imagine, she's probably not in the greatest of spirits. So they were left without their husbands and without her sons, right? So with no family left on her own in this country of, of Moab, Naomi decided to pack her bags and go back to where she came from in Bethlehem. So Naomi told Ruth and Orpah to go home to their families, and then she would go back to Bethlehem alone. And Ruth and Orpah... So they'd go with Naomi, but Naomi refused. Because Naomi, I mean, she was not in a good place. She was grieving the loss of her family. 
uh, but her grief was greater than just sadness. Naomi felt like God had abandoned her. And she was so lonely that she pushed away the only family that she had left. And eventually Orpah went home to her family. But then Ruth, she refused to leave Naomi. So although Naomi tried to push Ruth away, this is what Ruth said in, in chapter 1, verse 16. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So just imagine how difficult this must have been, right? Naomi must have felt so alone after losing her husband, then losing her two sons, all while living in a foreign country, separated from her people. Losing a family member, it's, it's always difficult, but there's another layer to Naomi and Ruth's trouble. In this time and in this culture, women didn't have the same opportunities that they do today. They, they needed the men in their lives to be able to survive. They couldn't, they couldn't secure things like homes and land and food. It was harder to come by if you didn't have a husband, and especially if you didn't have a husband or sons. It was just you. <clears throat> so Ruth and Naomi weren't only sad, they were feeling alone, they were feeling powerless, and they were feeling abandoned. <clears throat> like Orpah, Ruth probably still had family in Moab, but she also had a mother-in-law who was desperately lonely. And instead of staying in Moab, she decided to make a sacrifice and go with Naomi back to Bethlehem. If you want to know what happens next, you guys can always go back home and read the next four chapters. It's a very short book, four chapters long, and, and read the book of Ruth. But I'm just going to summarize it really quick for you. Naomi and Ruth go back to Bethlehem, and Ruth finds herself a new husband. Anybody know the new husband's name? Boaz. Boaz, okay. Ruth and Boaz have a son. Anybody know the son's name? This is going to be a little harder for you. Obed. Obed. All right, look at you. Did you are you reading through over there? So, that's right. Ruth and Boaz had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. Does anybody know who Jesse's son was? David. Do you know the name of David? I mean, I know the name of Obed. That's probably not a... I mean, I guess you do know an Obed. But you know, I do know an Obed, but not this one. Um, but this story, this, this biblical Obed, um, you may not know the name. You may know the name of Jesse a little bit because you know a little bit more about him. But then we know the name of David. That was King David, the guy who became king of the nation of Israel, right? So that's kind of a big deal. And so who do we know we get from the line of David? Jesus. Surely you've heard that name, right? Do it? Maybe. Maybe you've heard the name of Jesus. And so, so from this story this, of, of this lady leaving and going from her country of, of, or from Bethlehem to Moab, and then she, her, her son marries a Moabite woman, and they go back to Bethlehem, and then she marries, um, you know, a, a an Israelite, and then eventually from there we have Jesus. That's, I mean, it's kind of like how, if you were here Sunday morning, how Doug talked about how God works all these things together, right? And that's, that's kind of what's happening here, all these things. And in this process, Naomi discovered that she wasn't as alone as she once feared because Ruth never left her and, and God didn't leave her either. Because Ruth's decision to stick with Naomi probably was an easy one because she could have stayed home and stayed with her, 
her family. Like she could have been with like her, her mom and dad, and maybe brothers and sisters, right? But it was a choice that she made in love. And she saw Naomi's loneliness and knew that she couldn't leave her alone. Many generations after Ruth Naomi lived, letters were written about, of course, Ruth's descendant, Jesus. One of these letters later became the book of 1 John in the Bible. If you have your Bible app open, turn to first or flip over, click over, whatever it is, to 1 John chapter 4. Have your paper Bible, that'd be great. I'd love for you guys to bring that to church. I wouldn't be upset. Then it'd be harder for you guys to get on your phone and play games the whole time. Bunch of heathens. I'm looking at him. All y'all. Anyways, whatever you're playing or looking at, I'd love for you guys to bring a paper Bible. It'd be okay. You know, don't lie to me. Man, I know you go. To... No, that's fine. I know. All right, First John four. This is what it says in First John four, chapter eleven. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. God has a lot to say about loneliness. Because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live in us so he would never truly be alone. But I think this passage shows us that God knew that we'd sometimes need each other as well. So we're told to love each other, show up for each other, and, and be with each other. When we love each other, it's, it's evidence of God's love for us. Whether you're the one who's lonely or you notice someone else experiencing loneliness... Don't, don't try to make it through this life alone. You need people. Reach out to God who never leaves you alone. If you're like Naomi, feeling abandoned and frustrated, don't, don't push everybody away. You are made to be in a relationship with other people. Let the people around you help you feel less alone. And maybe if you're like Ruth and you notice somebody else is wrestling with loneliness, don't let them wrestle alone. Reach out and decide to stick with them, even when it's difficult or hard to do. Because if we want someone to know God, it's with them. We can start by being with them when they're lonely. If you don't usually feel lonely, you might be thinking, how, how can anybody feel lonely? I mean, I'm looking down and I see every, I mean, a lot of people are on their devices. Whether you're on the Bible app or whatever, I don't care. Um, I mean, I do care, but, you know, we, we're all connected. We can be connected to somebody at any time, at any moment, pretty much, right? We're, we're probably the most connected we've ever been in the world because I can we can reach out to people from across the world and it's not going to take me very long to reach those people unless they're sleeping because it's the middle of the night people I mean we're the most connected we've ever been ever in the, any point in history but it's ironic that even though we are the most connected we've ever been in history many of us maybe feel more lonely now than we ever have or that the world has ever felt before whether I don't you know you don't have to be alone in order to, to feel alone because this, this world just, just makes it that way, whether you're connected to people online or whatever it may be on your phone. We still feel all trapped and alone. We can probably remember a moment when we felt excluded or alone. But let me just think about this for a second. Don't answer that loud. Just think about it. When did somebody make you feel welcome or included? Just think about it. When did somebody make you feel welcome or included? 
hopefully when we have people come to our church and to our, our student ministry and they're here for the first time, I, I pray you make them feel welcomed and included. Hopefully that's what we do. Um, sometimes it's kind of hard sometimes, but you know, it's, I can see it where we have some small groups that kind of stay together. I hope you guys see the importance of making people feel welcomed and included. Just like Ruth took a risk to be with Naomi when she was alone, I wonder if there's some risks that we need to take in order to, to be with somebody who's feeling lonely. We have to risk our reputations, maybe our, our schedules and what we had, or maybe our plans, maybe our own personal comfort. But if you're willing to take a risk in order to show someone how much God loves them, here's a few ways you can be with somebody who's lonely. The first thing is just to look around. Most people who are feeling lonely aren't going to tell you, hey guys, I feel all alone. They're not going to do that. That's not what they do. That's not how that works. Instead, you're going to need to look around and, and wonder about the people around you. Does someone always seem to be sitting alone? What about the quiet kid or the person who doesn't usually fit in? Do you know somebody who is going through a hard time? Do you know someone who's, who's fighting with a friend or going through a breakup? And there's so many reasons somebody might be feeling lonely and they may need a friend. So all you got to do is just, just look around. Second thing is <clears throat> to, just to reach out. You don't feel lonely or feel left out right now. You, you may have felt it before at some point in time. Just smart, start with a, a, a smile, a little hello, a little friendly, friendly greeting, just to acknowledge that they're, they're there and they're a human being, right? Ask if you can sit with them or how they're doing. Ask, hey, how can I pray for you? Whatever. Small gestures are a, a great place to start. But you and your friends can make someone feel welcome with just one question. Hey, do you want to hang out? That's all you got to do. The other thing is to keep it small. If they're opening up to you, that's great. But don't scare them by bringing your whole crew over at once. Uh, at the mission trip last week, there was uh, a family walking in through the gate. And so I was with a couple kids. Christy's over here with a few kids. And at the same time, I guess we both told the kids we were next to, hey, go, go talk to them and introduce and, and invite them over. And the next thing I know, like eight of our kids are walking over there to these like two people. And it can be pretty scary and intimidating. It may not be the best approach, but of course we were not next to each other. We didn't have that same plan. Just, we just did it. But if you have your whole crew walking over there to say hi to one person, there's like eight of you. That can be pretty scary. Maybe one or two uh, maybe consider smaller hangouts, just a few people rather than large groups, so they feel noticed and heard and important. Don't take it personally. Just like Naomi pushed people away when she was lonely, it's okay if somebody doesn't respond the, uh, the way that you, maybe you want them to respond. Maybe you misread the situation, maybe they're not, they're not just ready to connect with you yet. They seem standoffish or rude. Try approaching them with curiosity instead of jumping to conclusions. Because they may not really be going through things and maybe just misread some, some nonverbal cues. Last thing is, is to keep trying. Even if they say no the first time, don't be scared to keep trying. It took Ruth a few times to reach out to Naomi as well. Try sending a reminder on your phone or texting regularly. Say, hey, how you doing? I'd love for you guys love for you to hang out. This is what we're going to be doing. I'd love for you to join us. You have just maybe just say hi or hey, how are you doing? Just check in on them. Because we all know what it feels like to be left out. So what if we decided to be the kind of people who made sure the people around us that, are, that, that we see 
don't have to feel that way. They don't, they don't have to feel lonely. What if we decided to uh, be the kind of people who make sure everybody feels welcome? That when we have somebody walk through the door that's a visitor, we go out of our way to say hi. We stop talking to our friends that we talk to every week and say hi to this new person for 20 seconds and say, hey, come meet my friends. That's all you got to do. What if it's easier for people to believe God loves them because they can see how much we love them just by just making you know a very small effort of trying to get to know them, making them feel like they're part of the group? But what if we started with our group right here? What if we decided to make our church, our student ministry, a place where people who feel lonely can feel included? Because I've seen visitors over the... My, so Friday, Friday is my three-year anniversary at this church, which is crazy. I've, I've seen visitors come in, I've seen visitors sit down, and I've seen visitors sit there by themselves with nobody talking to them the entire time. <clears throat> and it breaks my heart. That's, that's not what we should be about. So maybe when we, we see people come in, we make them feel like they, they belong here, that they're included in this place. So that means you have to stop talking to your friends, people you see every day, to go say hi to somebody you've never met, and that, that's what we need to do. And what if, you know, how, how can we make our student ministry a place where everybody feels welcome? What, what are some things that we could do? Now, this is where I want you guys to actually answer me out loud with some words. What are some things we could do? Invite them over to your group. Yeah? What else? What else can we make them, how make them feel welcome? Be nice. Be nice. Just talk to them and acknowledge that they're there. Yeah. Sometimes you guys go out to eat and hang out after church. Maybe say, hey, why don't you come eat with us? I don't know. How do you, how do you think it would change the way people see God if they came in here and they... Maybe they had a, a, a bad experience with church and they just didn't, maybe they went to another youth group or somewhere and they felt like they weren't welcome. They, didn't, they felt judged by the people at the church. But they came in here and we welcomed them with open arms and we encouraged them and we showed them they, they belonged here. You think that would show them a little bit different of what Christianity could be and the love of God, a little bit different? That's, that's, that's what I want to see. And we have people come in that may not have been in here, just a chance for us to show them the love of God just by just being there and, and making them feel welcome. You don't have to do anything as dramatic as Ruth moving to another country for Naomi because there's so many small but still meaningful ways that you can reach out to somebody who's feeling alone, somebody who's feeling left out or excluded, even when you're feeling that way as well. So next time... You meet a, a Naomi, find a way to be a Ruth. Find a way to, to be there for them in their loneliness. Because if we want someone to know God is with them, we can start by being with people when they're lonely. God, I think for this, this message tonight, as we see the importance of, of making people feel welcome and feeling God, like they're not alone, God, we just keep that in the forefront of our minds when we have people come to church uh, who may be visitors, who may not know anybody. God, may we be um, willing just to step out of our comfort zone and just go talk to them for a few moments and just make them feel welcome. And may they see that as important. May they see that as living a life that just um, glorifies you and embodies what you called us to be, God. Pray for this next little bit of time in our small group, God. May we just continue to, to see the importance of... Uh, 
making people feel welcome. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so we will... Uh,